Hey, what is going on, guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the six-game NBA main slate on Tuesday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, welcome. My name is DK. I make content for daily fantasy sports, prize picks, and for NBA Top Shot. Um, if you guys want in-depth, more in-depth content for DFS, I offer that on Patreon.com. ton of different stuff, uh, roster construction videos for the main showdown slate, player pools, the core plays, and the most important, obviously, the private live stream every single day. So if you're interested in that, more info is down below. Uh, the sponsor of this video, guys, is Prize Picks, which I'm very tilted about my two-pick prize pick play from today. Jimmy Butler over on the assist, blowout. DeMontis Sabonis over on the points, massive foul trouble, lost big minutes. But, uh, so if you guys want to lose money with me on prize picks, um, you can use my code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. Um, so yeah, first time user, make sure you use that code, uh, get that 100% match. Uh, but all right, let's hop into the video. So let's look back mine up here from tonight. And I have a question for you guys. Is it normal when you take down to still be in an incredible amount of pain? Because that's how I feel right now. That's how I feel, right? Like I won. I took down, I won, you know, 7X, and I'm still just in so, so much pain. I mean, I don't even, it was almost a notebook slate, even with winning. Like, that's that's just the amount of stuff that I saw tonight, it, unbelievable. So, if you guys do not like tilting, fast forward probably three, four minutes from here, okay? Because I have a lot, a lot to talk about. Let's start with the Toronto Raptors. Two-point spread against the Brooklyn Nets. No Van Fleet. No OG and Anubi. All right? There's no blowout risks in this game. Two points. You know, Raptors missing their two, two of their better players on the road. There's no blowout risk. So let me just stack up the Raptors and, and you run it back with James Johnson. And I'm going to win all the money. Massive blowout, 40-point game in the fourth quarter. None of my guys get any run in the fourth. So, Malachi Flynn, probably, probably on pace for at least 45. Again, no fourth quarter there. Can we talk about Gary Trent Jr. and Pascal Siakam? They shot two of 55 tonight, and that's not an exaggeration. Look it up in the books. They shot two of 55. Gary Trent and Pascal Siakam. Honestly, got a little bit lucky here because they had like 15 steals and blocks too. So like, got a little bit lucky there. But the shooting, I mean, are you serious, Siakam, with that? He still would have got there if the game didn't blow out too. Like both, Trent would have been a, a smash and Siakam would have hit value for sure if this game didn't blow out. So again, lost minutes plus shooting 2% from the field. Uh, Scotty Barnes won me the money. Uh, it was not a play that I loved. He was kind of just a last piece in for me. And he goes for 65 fancy points. Now, if I did not have Scotty Barnes tonight after what he did to me the previous slate, I would be pouring myself a glass of, ble of bleach right now, I think. Um, because I played Scotty Barnes the previous slate, three fouls in seven minutes and massive blowout off a huge bust. Those were 65 tonight, and he barely played in the fourth quarter. Low-owned Thad Young played like 12 minutes because the massive blowout. I'm thinking, okay, you know, Thad Young might play a little bit of the blowout. Nah. Dust off DJ Wilson and get him in the game. So I could have had, if this game stayed competitive, I think I would have had the nuts in the in the big tournament. Um, 
And then how about James Johnson here? Two fouls in 30 seconds in the in the to start the game. Two fouls in 30 seconds. Plus, obviously, the blowout. He missed a good amount of a, a, a huge chunk of time because of foul trouble and blowout. I mean, I've said this a few times, but I'm pretty confident that no one runs worse than me with foul trouble. If there's a if there's someone that is in massive foul trouble in the slate, they're in my lineup. How about Demontis Sabonis? Three fouls in 10 minutes in the first half. Loses huge minutes. Still got there, but once again lost big minutes, uh, Demontis Sabonis. Um, On a positive note, I mean, how good is John Moran? He is actually the GOAT. 52 real-life points. Did you see that? If you didn't see it, first, you had to see the dunk in the first half. And second, you had to see the play at the end of the half when they threw like a huge... Uh, pass from the other end of the court, and Jala caught it while in midair and threw it up, and it went in. I mean, he is unbelievable to watch. So, let's see. I'm just trying to make sure I get all the tilting out of the way. So, the Raptors, again, massive blowout. Uh, the stack was, um, you know, going to absolutely smash blowout. Um, Sabonis, foul trouble. Oh, okay. How about that? Okay, so I talk about foul trouble. A chalk player that I don't have, so I'm thinking, okay, I might get lucky. Chalk player I don't have, and Shea Gilders-Alexander gets in foul trouble. Sure enough, he picks up his fourth foul early on in the third quarter. I'm like, all right, nice. Like, he's going to lose minutes. This is good. Sure enough, keep him in the game. Stays in the game. Picks up his fifth. His fifth in the third quarter. You're thinking, okay, he's definitely out, right? No, no, no. Stays in the game. Stays in the game in the fourth, picks up his fourth to begin the third and his fifth while still in the third quarter, and he stays in the game. If I have a player getting foul trouble, they're pulled immediately. Sabonis three fouls, no way is he staying in in the first half. He's out, bench for the rest of the half, right? Um, and, and then Giannis onto the combo. I, I mean, it's a 35 point game in the fourth quarter. And Giannis is in the game. Almost cost me the takedown. He had like 52, I think, going into the fourth quarter. They're up by 35. And he plays like four minutes and absolutely smashes. It almost cost me the takedown because this guy had Giannis. Luckily, I beat him by less than a point. But, well, let me see. Was there anything else I wanted to talk about? I, I mean, just unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. Um... I think that was if he played Jalen Smith tonight. I feel for you. He got a, he was on pace for a big night. Ejected. I mean, normally if someone gets ejected, they're in my lineup. Um, but yeah, I already tilted about the prize picks right over on Jimmy assists, blowout over on Sabonis points, foul trouble. Um, okay, so I think that's it for the recap uh, of the tilt in there. But um, yeah, I mean, it was still a great night. Like I took down, but in the big tournament, I think if, if that Toronto game would have stayed competitive, I would have had a chance of the hundred k. I, I think so. Um, but yeah, so I hope you guys had a good night. Um, let's take a look at high stakes. I wanted to take a look at some ownership. So take a look at one of Petty Theft's lineups. A uh, lot of chalk here. Brandon Goodwin, 61% out. Brandon Goodwin is the best player to ever play. He had like 40, point, 40 points in the first half. And I'm just like, are you serious right now? Luckily he cooled off a little bit, but I saw, I think it was shit by money tweet. I retweeted it. He was like, apparently Rajon Rondo's backup is the best point guard ever. Um, yeah, good one was massive chalk. I mean, he was a good play, but he 
46 fancy points. Come on now, right? Um, let's see. James Johnson, massive chalk. Again, foul trouble plus random blowout. Um, oh, and then, okay, one other thing. I love when people comment on either Twitter and the YouTube comments. They're like, it wasn't random. You know, that blowout wasn't random. Oh, really? A two-point spread when Toronto's missing two of the best players. So here, here's what I'll say. If, if it wasn't a blowout, or if it wasn't a random blowout, then that means you made all the money, right? You bet on the Raptors, and you made all the money because Vegas was wrong, right? Vegas is wrong. Two-point spread? No. You made all the money if you thought the game was going to blow out. You bet all your money on the Raptors if it wasn't random, right? Um, Let's see. What else was there? Yeah, Malachi Flynn was, was relatively popular. Sabon, or, um, Siakam was, was very chalky. Um, this is just, again, ownership of the high stakes. The winning lineup in, and this is the Rainmaker $3,000 entry, was Goodwin Melton, uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, Giannis, who again played up by 35. Precious, Flynn, Trey Lyles, who got the surprise start, and Ja Morant. Um, all right, so that's enough of that rant. Uh, let's talk about the six-game slate, guys. Uh, if you do enjoy, though, just make sure to hit that like button. Um, so, all right, Detroit. All right, here we go. So you think the rant's over? Oh, no. I got some more ranting to go while breaking down some of these teams. Mr. Cade Cunningham. If I play him, he is picking up two quick fouls, and that is guaranteed lock it in. I mean, this I, I don't I have yet to play Cunningham. Every single time I play Cade Cunningham, massive foul trouble. He, he's, he can't keep his hands to himself, and he's a point guard. Like, you cannot be in foul trouble every game, dude. Uh, but if he can stay out of foul trouble, if he can somehow stay out of foul trouble, I think Cade's a not a bad play. He does have that, for some reason, shooting guard small forward eligibility, even though he's the point guard. I'm not sure what DraftKings is doing there, but that does make it kind of easy for him to, for you to get him into the lineup. So um, I think Cade, if he can stay out of foul trouble, is a decent spend up. As far as the wings go with Bay and Grant, more secondary plays. Isaiah Stewart's fine. Kelly Olenek is fine if Bagley's out. If Bagley's in, I have no interest there. Not much else I'm really interested in, though, in the uh, on the Detroit side. On the Washington side, so my boy, Kyle Kuzma. Yes, my boy, right? There's been no slander on this channel from Kyle Kuzma ever from me, right? I never call people Kyle Kuzma droolers. Nope, that wasn't me. I'm the biggest Kyle Kuzma fan there is. There's, again, never been any slander from me on this channel. We all love Kuzma. Uh, yeah, Kyle Kuzma gets a good spot, and he's going to play close to 40 minutes. So he's been phenomenal, uh, 60 fans points of back-to-back games. Now, I wouldn't expect 60, right? The one game went to like five overtimes, but um, I do think he's still in play. I don't think he's an optimal spend-up, but definitely viable. Now, the secondary plays go, this grouping of like Denny and Neto and KCP and Kispert and Ish Smith, playable, but none of them really stand out. I think the guy that stands out for me is Daniel Gafford, assuming that he starts. Um, 29 minutes there against the Spurs, did play a little extra in the, in the uh, overtime. 24 there against Cleveland, but did get in some foul trouble. I think he actually would have played a couple extra minutes. So assuming Gafford continues to start, I like him for value. All right, Atlanta and Boston. So I would just like to say that I am extremely, extremely happy for Trey, right? You know, last game against Toronto, almost a 70 bomb. And I'm very happy. No tilting at all for me. Uh, because the time when I play him two games ago, three of 17 shooting three of 17. When I play Trey Young, I fade Trey Young, a 70 bomb. So again, not tilted one bit about that. 
you know, it's a tougher spot here against Boston, but I think he is in play for tournaments. Um, Collins is once again doubtful. So I think Capella is a fair play in the mid-range. You know, the price uh, went down a little bit. That game was a blowout, so not super concerned about it. I think he's going to play close to 30 minutes in a competitive game. So I think Capella is a fair play in the mid-range. And then as I'm always going to say with this grouping, if Collins is out, Radanovich and Gallinari and Herder and Hunter, they're all more secondary plays. Um, like, they're fine last piece in, but no priority plays there. On the Boston side, so last game, Al Horford just didn't play. They said they were going to have his minutes monitored. Um, he just didn't even play. So, like, why even say that, right? Like, I I didn't have Horford uh, in the, well, I think it was the early slate. But, like, just say he's not playing. Like, I don't get what the point is to say that and then just, like, not even play him. Um, so keep an eye on that news. Make sure Horford's going to play. But um, if he does, I don't know if there's anything that stands out. Like, I like the matchup. I think Tatum and Brown obviously have upside. But at their, at their respective price points, neither really stand out. Um, Robert Williams at 7-2. Again, that feels pretty strong, right? Smart and White will kind of split the point guard duties. There's just not much that really stands out. Now, Horford, like, sits together for some reason. Then we can maybe look to guys like Grant Williams and Daniel Tice. But um, if assuming Horford plays... There's not much that really stands out. Brooklyn and Toronto. So here we go. We get to run it back. Uh, but now we do have Kyrie Irving, who uh, will be available for this game since it's on the road, I'm, I believe. I know Toronto. I don't think Toronto has that mandate. I'm pretty sure Kyrie's going to play in this game. Um, so, yeah, Kyrie at 10-2, I think, is a decent spend-up because he's going to have to do everything for this team. And this Nets team has really not been good. Um, so I think Kyrie's a pretty solid play here, assuming that he is, uh, good. I think he's, I think he's good. Um, now keep an eye on Andre Drummond. He kind of rolled, was an ankle or he landed on his knee. He stayed in the game, but keep an eye on that for, for, for the slate, because if Drummond can't go, then I think LaMarcus Aldridge should become one of the better values in the slate if he starts at four or five. So like, keep an eye on that news. I'm sure, you know, with this, with centers by now for Brooklyn, they're going to close kind of the hot hand, whether it be Drummond or Aldridge. So um if Drummond is out again I think Aldridge is a pretty solid play but the guards with Kyrie most likely playing I, I don't really think I can get there I think the one guy I still like for value is James Johnson if he can actually stay out of foul trouble not pick up two fouls in 30 seconds I think he's a pretty good value once again on the Toronto side so if Van Fleet is out once again then I mean this Toronto team looks great now it's gonna be interesting to see what the ownership is after that Scotty Barnes like 80 fantasy point game tonight um so I do think that it's Siakam and Gary Trent that still look the best of the spend-ups, right? Those two are going to, you know, get the big usage bump without Van Fleet. So those two look good. I think Scotty Barnes looks solid in the mid-range, but do not expect 70 faints points from him like we got last game. Um, and then these wings slash bigs all look pretty good. But if Malachi Flynn starts again, I think he's probably the best value in the slate. 3.1K. And he was playing huge. Like, he was on pace to play a lot of minutes of the game to not blow out. So I think he looks really, really good. The value, Kemba's just going to start, but not much interest there. I think the grouping of like Boucher, Achua, and Thad Young all look pretty good. They should get a little bit extra run here if Van Fleet is out. So a lot to like here for Toronto, assuming Van Fleet can't go. Clippers and Rockets. So is it just me or have these teams played like five times in the last two weeks? Like I swear, every time I look at the slate, it's the Clippers and the Rockets playing against each other. Now with the Clippers, I mean, I still, this rotation... I just don't like talking about this team because you just don't know what's going to happen with the rotation. Reggie Jackson is a guy that, you know, obviously has upside. He just went for 44 last game, but at 8.2K, it feels priced about right. You know, two games ago, he got benched for man. That's what I'm saying. Like, you cannot trust the rotation. Man at 6.2, that feels priced about right. Um, Avicii Zubach, I play Avicii. So here's another one. Here's another example. 
I play Vichu Zubach. Massive foul trouble, 12 fancy points. I fade Avicii Zubac, a 50 bomb. 5-0. But I do think he's he's still in play. Obviously, great matchup. Um, Hartenstein will play the backup five. You know, uh, Hartenstein wasn't some foul trouble. Uh, between the two at their price points, I'd rather have Zubac. Marcus Morris has really struggled of late um, shooting the ball. Uh, but we know the ceiling is still there for him, and he's sub 6K. So I think he's definitely in play for for, for uh, GPPs. This grouping of, like, Canard and Covington, Batum, and Coffee, all fine options. But again, they're going to go with the hot hand there. So hard to feel confident about any of those guys. On the Houston side, Christian Wood's been really bad. I mean, he's just not been that good recently. He's still playing low 30s minutes. So right now, nothing more than a contrarian play. If Kevin Porter Jr. is out, I think Dennis Schroeder makes one of the better plays in the mid-range, uh, who probably plays close to 40 minutes. And gets a huge bump without KPJ. So that's going to be huge news. If KPJ plays, then I kind of like KPJ himself, assuming no limitations. So that's going to be big news there. The secondary plays, is really nothing. Green and Gordon feel too pricey. Sangoon, they're just not giving enough minutes right now. And there's, there's really nothing else on Houston. Golden State, Minnesota. I just... It just causes me incredible pain. I just, I hate Steve Kerr so much. I just, I, I really, really hate him. Okay? I, I really hate Steve Kerr. No Clay Thompson last game. Everyone thinks Jordan Poole's going to start? No, no, no. Dust off Moses Moody and play him like 30 minutes. Just unbelievable stuff from Steve Kerr. Steph Curry, play the play the tape, right? You know what I'm going to say here about Steph Curry. You know what I'm going to say. I don't have to say it. Andrew Wiggins at 6'2", fine play in the mid-range. Poole, assuming he comes out of the bench, more of a tournament option. Now, I do think the ownership is going to be very low after he was pretty popular and was a bust. He shot 0 of 7 and for some reason did not start. Uh, but if they switch it up, if Jordan Poole starts, I think he's one of the better players in the mid-range. If he comes out the bench, he's still in play, but more of a tournament option. Moses Moody, I don't think I can stomach it, even if he starts. I mean, he's a pretty low usage guy, and I just don't trust Steve Kerr at all. And Steve Kerr ran like a 15-man rotation last game, too. Uh, just <sighs> Gary Payton, a 4-2, I think he's a fair value. Played 27 minutes last game. Good defender. Um, again, he's fine. I think uh, Kavon Looney actually is a pretty good value if he can stay out of foul trouble. Going up against a big team like Minnesota, I think he's probably going to play, I don't know, 25 to 30 minutes. So I do actually kind of like Looney, assuming he can stay out of foul trouble. Kamingo, you can take a shot at him in tournaments, but I'd rather go to Looney at a similar price. On the Minnesota side, so, I mean, the big three are all in play for tournaments, but no standouts there with Cat, D'Lo, and Edwards. Um, Pat Barbley is a relatively safe play that should play 25 to 30 minutes. And they're kind of, you know, spreading out the minutes for some of these bench guys. So not much else I'm really interested in the Minnesota side. And finally, Dallas and the Lakers. I mean, I watched that Lakers game last night. I don't think you could pay me $500 to watch that replay. I mean, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, back to Dallas. So Luka Doncic, if you think the Lakers can keep this game competitive, I think Luka looks great. Lakers play no defense, and Luka, um, it's Luka Doncic. So I like Luka good him out there at the top. Brunson, Dinwiddie, more secondary plays. I mean, you know, these guys kind of upside, but I'm not really going to prioritize either. Jordan Finney-Smith at 5K feels pressed right. Reggie Bullock's Jordan dependent 4-5. Nah. 
Kleba and Powell, it's just like nothing else really stands out here for Dallas. Um, the minutes are not necessarily secure for Kleba. And I think this is a game where both teams go small. Lakers, outside of Dwight, they have like no bigs. And Dallas definitely can go small. So um, I think this is a game where actually both teams do go small ball. On the Lakers side, LeBron James, 11-2. I mean, he looked he did not look interested last game. Still went for 49 fantasy points. But um, assuming he plays, I, I'm like 90, 99% sure he plays. I think he's a decent spend-up. Uh, again, this Lakers team, though, has just been awful. Westbrook, I, honestly, if he was 6K, I don't know if I would play him. He's been that, that bad. Seven turnovers and one assist last game. Um, off the bench, I think Melo at 4-8 is playable. He's a guy that, you know, they need offense, and he's probably going to play around 30 minutes. Malik Monk's been really bad recently, but we know he's a guy that does have a ceiling, and his price has dropped. And then Talon Horton Tucker, I think off the bench, looks okay. Should play mid-20s minutes. I think he's a fair value play. Dwight Howard, if he starts, I have interest. I'm just a little bit worried about the minutes here. So, like, this is a game where maybe Dwight only plays, like, 15, 16 minutes. So, I, I do like Dwight, but I'm not really convinced about his minutes in this game. And then can we also talk about this? So a tilt from the shutdown slate last night. All right. I'm like two points out of the money in, in tournaments in the shutdown slate. I went Dwight Howard and the captain, jam them in approach, like jammed in like the top studs. And then I had Austin Reeves as, you know, this last piece filler. So obviously Austin Reeves had zero fancy points in the first 20 minutes. Uh, but I'm still only down like two points, two or three points from, uh, from the cash. I only needed like four or five points from Reeves to take down. Um, so, Austin Reeves, the game's a massive blowout. And I um, figured, okay, he's going to get the garbage time run. And he does. He checks in with like five minutes left. I'm like, yes, I only need a couple points from Reeves. Garbage time. I'm going to get this. I'm going to I'm gonna get a win here in the showdown slate. First play, he gets, he gets the ball, lays it in. I'm like, all right, yes, easily hitting this. I need like one more point to get in the cash. And he needs like a few more points to take down this, you know, smaller field tournament for the showdown slate. So, I'm like, yes, this is, this is easy. He jumps for a ball on the defensive end and rolls his ankle. So I, I see him come up limping. I'm like, no way. No way is this happening. No way. He's staying in this game. And I, I see him and he's like, he limps her a little bit at first. And then like they give him the ball and he looks okay. So I'm like, okay, this is good. Like it looks like he's going to stay in the game. Look over at Frank Vogel. Gives the point to the end of the bench. Talon Horn Tucker comes jogging up, jogging up. Pull Reeves because he rolls the ankle. All right, so that was it for story time, guys, and that is it for the video. So if you haven't enjoyed the content, again, just make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. As always, I appreciate all you guys' support. Can't do this uh, without you guys. And um, good luck to everyone, and I will see you all in the next video.